Welcome to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we bring in entrepreneurs who have created online businesses and improved their lifestyles. Here's your host, Rohit Malhotra. Hi everyone, this is Rohit from Life Self Mastery. I'm today excited to have Craig Mercer, who's a founder and CEO of a suite of tools like Jungle Scout, Fletcher, Jumpsend, and many others to empower Amazon sellers as well as uh, he's the owner of multiple physical products brands. He loves all things Amazon and he loves big data and building company culture for a remote team of 100 plus employees. Welcome to the show, man. Rahit, thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited to be here and to chat with you. Awesome. So, you know, how, how, how did you get your start in Amazon uh, FBN? Why, why Amazon? Great question. So, you know, I, I went to university to be a civil engineer and I got a job as such when I graduated. Shortly thereafter, I think I realized that I was very unfulfilled. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I've had this strong entrepreneurial spirit my whole life. So I was really just looking for ways to make money outside my nine to five job. And um, I literally just found out about selling on Amazon from, I think, just kind of searching around on the internet about it. So one thing led to another. I was able to kind of replace my income as an engineer by selling these physical products. After that, I quit my corporate job, went all in on it. So I was an, uh, a full-time Amazon seller for a little while, which then led me to create Jungle Scout. And Jungle Scout is a, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's a tool to help you find profitable products or opportunities on Amazon. And I built this because my largest pain point at the time was to was figuring out which new products to launch on Amazon. So, you know, I'd launch some, they'd be successful. I'd launch others and they weren't successful. And I didn't really know why at the time. Later to find out, you know, just some of these have much more demand than others on Amazon. So this is what actually, you know, led me to create Jungle Scout. So, you know, with Jungle Scout, you can see how well any product on Amazon is selling. So you know right away what kind of demand there is for that product on the marketplace. Got it. Yeah, you 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 were trying to solve your own uh, problem, and uh, you came up with Jungle Scout. But uh, you know, are, are you still running FBA businesses, or is it, is it focused totally on your SaaS business? So I still have my um, physical products business. I'd say I spend about five or ten percent of my time on it. Um, I decided to keep it because it really kind of like keeps me in the know of like what's working and what's not working. You know what I mean? I'm worried that if I were ever to get rid of it, that I would start to lose touch with our end customer a little bit. So I do hold on to it, but I spend, you know, I'd say at least 90% of my time focusing on the software business. Okay. And, uh, you know, how did you get about your first hundred customers uh, for Jungle Scout? Yeah. So what I did is, you know, I, I was already selling on Amazon. I was already kind of fairly well connected in different online communities, primarily Facebook groups and a little bit on Reddit. And what happened was after I developed the first like MVP version of the extension, I created just a little bit of a little video, you know, before it was released. I just teased this like in some of these Facebook groups on Reddit and most of these people in the groups already know, knew who I was. And I was just like asking for feedback. I was like, hey, what do you guys think about this? What do you change? What would you change? What do you like? What don't you like? Et cetera, et cetera. And then I also just added on that, like, hey, if you're interested, if you would be interested in this, um, you can enter your email address here and I'll let you guys know when it's released. And from that, um, 
this seems very small to me now, but at the time, you know, I got, I think I got like a hundred or 200 email addresses, which was a, a great start for me. That was a win for me at the time. From that, I think I acquired my first 10 or 20 customers from that initial email list. And then from there, most of my growth, let's say to get from that 10 to 20 up to the say about a thousand was through doing demos and webinars for other people um, kind of in the industry, more specifically people who were teaching others how to sell on Amazon. Got it. And, um, you know, I wanted to understand about your MVP. Were you creating an, uh, did you have an Excel sheet uh, of, of, you know, large amount of Amazon products and um, had you, had you listed as on, on a, uh, Chrome extension is that how how you how you got about it or uh, you know yeah that's yeah that's more or less correct you know at the time what I was doing is I had a spreadsheet that I would fill out and essentially what it looked like was um, for any of the listeners who are familiar with the Chrome extension you can still see that it looks a little bit like a spreadsheet you know there's columns yeah. and table or you know there's columns and rows worth of data and these are the same columns and rows that I was using in my spreadsheets. But the problem was I was having to manually fill those out. So I was actually hired like some online VAs who um, were, were pretty inexpensive, but it was still taking them like 30 minutes to fill out one of these spreadsheets. And I was like, man, there has to be an easier way than this. So that's when I thought about the Chrome extension where it's like, hey, you know, that'd be so awesome if you could just click a little button and this whole spreadsheet was just populated within seconds. And that was ultimately what the first version of the Chrome extension was. Okay, and and what what are the uh, what are the criteria you know you look at uh, on uh, you know which are the Amazon products uh, you know people can replicate uh, is it based on reviews or you know there the, the a lot of other criteria uh, for deciding you know uh, that's an Amazon product which which people should should look into into uh, into building. Yeah, so the two biggest things are I'm looking for products that have high demand and low competition. So the demand you understand because Jungle Scout tells you how many units per month each of these products are selling, okay? And as far as competition goes, the best gauge of competition, in my opinion, is the number of reviews because this is essentially how long this product's been on Amazon, how well it's essentially sold on Amazon, and how much social proof this listing has. So this isn't like a... Um, you know, a, a direct gauge, but it's a great indicator of how competitive any given like niche or um, market is. So, you know, I'm looking for something that has high sales. So let's say at least two or 3000 sales um, in the niche as a whole. I'm looking for something where like in the top 10 listings that there's multiple listings with under 30 or 40 reviews. So that means it's relatively low competition. And then after that, I start to look at things like seasonality, how big this item is, uh, make sure there's no legal issues with it. And a few things kind of like in those categories. Okay, that's that's very smart. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I you know I, I started working on on every business a couple of years back, and I I grew Jungle Scout uh, uh, as a Chrome extension as and also as a web tool. Uh, I'm not running a FP business anymore, but uh, do you have a different strategy for selling Chrome extension and and a web tool? Um, they're priced differently. You know, like our our web applications price like a traditional SaaS product, and it's a monthly fee. Uh, the, the Chrome extensions done a little bit differently. Now it's a, um, like a, a yearly fee. So you pay once you get to keep it for a year. So they're priced differently. Uh, so as far as that goes, there's a little bit of a different strategy, but essentially like our strategy is to drive traffic to our sites, educate our customers about the benefits associated with these tools, 
Um, those are very similar. Those don't differ much from uh, the, the Chrome extension and the web application. Okay, and, and what's the churn rate uh, for, for your web tool? Sorry, say that one more time. Uh, you know, I, uh, it, uh, what is the genre for, for your web tool, which I believe is a SaaS product? Hmm. Yeah, the pricing is between $39 per month is our lowest fee and $99 per month is our highest tier. Okay. Uh, no, I want to know what is the churn rate, uh, you know, how many oh, churn people... Rate. I thought you said charge. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for that, it, you know, it kind of depends on uh, the the tier that the user is on, but it's okay. ballpark around 10% monthly. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, and you know, uh, I, I saw that you uh, also working on other SaaS products like uh, Daniel Scott Marketplace, uh, uh, Fetcher, uh, Jumpsend, Spitly, Forecastly. Um, so, you know, uh, how, how do you, how are you able to maintain your focus uh, on, on, on different SaaS products and, uh, you know, do you have different teams who work on, on, on these different products? Uh, and you know, how, how do you, and what is the, what is, what is your biggest focus out of all the, all the, all the products that you work on? Good question. So yeah, we, you know, we have multiple SaaS products now. Some of these we acquired, other ones we've built and okay. yes, uh, long story short, we have different teams that work on different products. The Jungle Scout products have the largest amount of resources and the largest amount of um, uh, my focus on them. And then long term, uh, we don't know all the details associated with it, but we would of course like to consolidate these into um, kind of less tools instead of having so many. Okay, got it. Uh, uh, and you know, uh, I, I got to know about Jungle Scout from the million dollar case study. Uh, you know, what was the million dollar case study about and you know, uh, and you know, uh, how did it help you get more customers? Yeah, great question. So the million dollar case study is the best piece of content that we've ever produced at Jungle Scout. And what it is, is there's four seasons of it now. And it's a fully transparent case study where we build and scale a physical products business to a million dollars in revenue. So now we've done four seasons. So we have four different products. We did one in the UK and the other three products are in the US. And um, so we show you what our products are. We show you how to do the research. We show you how to launch your products and build your listings and literally every, like it's 100% transparent. So we show you everything along the lines of what it takes to grow and build one of these businesses. I think we're just a little bit shy of the million dollar mark now. I think we're at maybe eight or $900,000 in revenue. And all of the profits from that are actually donated to Pencils of Promise to build underprivileged schools around the world. So it's a really cool thing to be a part of because, you know, it's a fantastic piece of educational content and it's done for a good cause. No, absolutely. That's, that's pretty smart. Uh, you know, Rick, uh, uh, you know, FBA, uh, uh, you know, Amazon, when you were as, as a marketplace uh, can, uh, you know, can, can dictate, you know, about uh, whether your business is going to run on the platform or not. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, what do you think is the future of FBA? Do you think it's uh, 2019 is still the right time to get into FBA? And, and you know, because, because you have a lot of other SaaS products which are working on, on, uh, on Amazon FBA. So now how, do you, how do you mitigate that risk? And, and what, what are your thoughts on Amazon FBA going in? I'm still really um, bullish on Amazon FBA. You know, they're 
the number of sellers are definitely growing as to be expected, but so are like the number of sales and the number of customers. You know, like Amazon releases in their quarterly reports, the amount that their sales are growing on the marketplace. And it's just crazy, their growth. So there's, there are more sellers, but there's also tons of more buyers and more volume going through Amazon. And one of the other interesting trends I've picked up on over the past year or so is that Amazon's actually trending more towards a marketplace and less so towards Amazon selling these products one piece or them selling these products themselves. And if you would have asked me a year or two ago, I would have thought for sure that Amazon long-term would want to get rid of all the third-party sellers and they just want to sell all these products themselves. But I think what they've realized is that it can oftentimes even be more profitable for them to just have their third-party sellers. It increases selection. Um, I think it drives additional competition, which drives down prices. And ultimately, these are all the things that Amazon cares about. So I actually think, you know, if you have me back on the podcast two or three years from now, that, you know, right now there's about 55% of sales on Amazon come from third-party sellers. I would guess in a couple of years from now, that's actually going to be like 70 or maybe even 80%. So it's like trending more towards a third-party marketplace, which is really good news for us as third-party sellers. Correct. And I, I think they, uh, you know, Amazon makes around more than $2 billion from, uh, from subscription-based, uh, you know, app, uh, which I believe is the premium app, correct? Um, what do you mean by, I'm not sure which app you're talking about of theirs. Uh, for, for, for the sellers, I think, uh, there's, there's a Amazon seller, uh, dashboard, uh, you know, in oh, order right. to access. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess they, they charge you $40 per month to be a professional seller. Professional seller from yeah. that, um, you get to kind of like use their tools included in that. Oh, sorry. Was your question more so focused on like, is this a good opportunity for SaaS tools or a good opportunity for physical product sellers? Uh, for, for physical product sellers, uh, because, okay. you know, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, if I'm not wrong, you know, there are around 10,000 of, of Amazon sellers and, and just focusing on one, on one channel uh, can be, can be very uh, risky. Uh, so I was just wondering, you know, it's, it's uh, is Amazon uh, FBA going to be the future going ahead or, you know, uh, uh, because, you know, Amazon does get to dictate a lot of other things. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my personal opinion, you know, when I look into my crystal ball, I think Amazon is the future. Like if we look at, so Amazon has the largest share of e-commerce sales, especially in North America. It's a little bit yeah. different in some other regions, but you know, North America, depending on what numbers you look at, we're talking about like 50 or 60% of sales happen on the Amazon marketplace. Whereas the next largest marketplace is eBay, like 6%. And then Walmart and Target and some of these other ones, they're all even smaller than eBay. So, I mean, we're talking about like a true, just like 800 pound gorilla here, right? Like no one is even close. And I just don't see anyone catching up anytime soon. One of the real competitive advantages that Amazon has is their fulfillment network. And they're just light years ahead of anyone else from building out a fulfillment network that now is able to offer like same day or next day delivery in most parts of the US. So, I mean, I think the future is in Amazon. You know, like a lot of our sellers will be worried about having all their eggs in that basket per se. So, you know, they don't want to, 
Uh, they're worried about 100% of their sales going through Amazon. But then what oftentimes I see happen is like they diversify into Walmart, into Jet, into something else. And then it's, but what they, you know, like when I talk to them six or 12 months later, it's like, okay, well now 99% of my sales are coming from Amazon and 1% are coming from these other marketplaces. So then I think yeah. they have to ask themselves like, all right, like if it's only 1% or 5% anyway, like, is it really even worth your distraction and like your like loss of focus on what's actually making you all your money. You know what I mean? So that's the way I think about it. I would, I would prefer to just stay focused instead of diversifies and have, you know, 3% of my sales somewhere else. That just seems kind of silly. Got it. Um, so, so Greg, since you spent, you know, 80 or 90% of your time building a, a, a working on a software company, uh, my question is, can, can a non-technical founder, uh, somebody who's a business guy, somebody who's running his MBA, can, can he build a software company and be successful? <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, I was able to do it. Um, I'd say there's some, I have some tips for non-technical founders. The okay. first one would be um, try to build the least complex, like the most simple product that you can to start. So, you know, I started with a Chrome extension and I didn't like, you know, I wish I could come on your podcast and say like, oh, as a genius, I knew to do that, blah, 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 blah. But this was totally just luck that I started with a Chrome extension. Um, but the benefit of that was I was able to build something very simple that didn't take that many developer resources. And I was able to charge money from that and start making some money right off the bat. And that's the money that I use to fund the Jungle Scout web application. So, you know, like to build a pretty complex web application, you know, it's like now we have um, 30 or 40 developers, you know, that, you know, developers get paid quite a bit of money. So we're talking about like, you know, millions and millions of dollars now to just continue to uh, develop our web application. And some of that goes to our Chrome extension too. But what I'm getting at here is it's very expensive to do. And that's why VC funding and everything else exists. But if you can build something very small and simple, start selling that to generate money, then you can start thinking about, you know, or then you can use that cash to kind of build the next thing as opposed to being um, reliant on, uh, outside funding or to really spend a lot of money to build something that hasn't really been proven that people will actually purchase it. So that's the biggest tip. The second tip I have is just to get like a basic understanding of how software is built. And I'm not talking about how to learn code. I'm not talking about learning how to code here, but if you can just have a basic understanding, it makes it way easier to work with developers. So I think those, those are the two biggest areas. Okay. And, and are you still bootstrapped or, you know, you, you got funded? Yeah, we're still bootstrapped. Okay. And, and, you know, if I may ask, you know, how much, how much it costs you to build a Chrome extension? The very first Chrome extension was cheap. It was only, I think like a few thousand dollars. Um, that being said, it was, it was pretty crappy for lack of a better <laughs> word. It's nothing like you wouldn't recognize it anymore. But right. that being said, it did, I mean, like people did purchase it, right? It provided enough value to the customer that they were willing to spend money to purchase it. So it was very simple. It was a little bit buggy, you know, but it, like I said, provided enough function and value to customers that they were willing to spend money on it. Okay. Uh, and so, so Greg, you, you also run a, a you know, remote company. Uh, so why, why remote and, you know, uh, uh, and are you, are you still a remote company now? Yeah, good question. So we started out fully remote. Okay. Um, at the beginning of last year in 2018, we decided to open up some offices. So now we have an office in Austin, Texas, and that's where I live. We have an okay. office in Vancouver in Canada. 
And we recently opened up an office in uh, Shenzhen in China. And now I'd say about, um, about half of our company works from one of our three offices and the other half of our company works remotely. So we um, just as, you know, remotely worked really well for us. Let's say when we're less than like 30 or 40 people, now we're up around the hundred person mark. And there were some challenges and stresses that I was feeling um, mostly around communication with that many remote people. And I think now the system we have built works out really well. So we still do hire some remote people, but it's dependent on the, um, uh, the specific role. So most of our managers are inside of offices. Uh, some of our individual contributors, especially people like customer support reps or some of our developers, there's just like some roles that work a lot better for remote and other roles that we've found that it's beneficial to be sitting in the same office. Okay. And, and why Shenzhen? Um, the, we've seen like a, uh, just a large pickup of kind of like Amazon selling inside of China. And that's kind of the hot spot inside of China right now. So mm -hmm. that office is primarily around, um, marketing and just kind of like helping our, uh, Chinese customer base. Oh, okay. Got it. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about, uh, the, the supplier database, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a new product that you've launched, uh, on, uh, Jungle yeah, so the supplier database is a piece of functionality inside of our Jungle Scout web application. We just released it last week and the early feedback from our customers has just been phenomenal. So the coolest part about it is you can just you can actually see what factories your competitors are using, okay? Mm -hmm. So what we've done is we've gathered a whole bunch of trade data. We've gotten it from the US government. And from this trade data, they have like essentially all the bill of ladings so they can see what factory is exporting the goods and who's purchasing those goods and things like the quantity of the shipments and um, uh, uh, how often they make shipments. So now what you can do is you can find like the top rated product on Amazon and are, you know, so like, for example, if I wanted to start selling marshmallow sticks, I could go find the top rated marshmallow stick product on Amazon. And then I could just see who their factory was. And then I could reach out and use that same factory. So it's super cool. You know, before you had to do something like go on Alibaba and search through Alibaba and contact all these different factories to try to find a good one. Whereas now it's much easier to find a high quality factory because you already know like what kind of reviews their products are getting. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's that's total disruption, man. Uh, but it, it, is it a paid product, or uh, you know, you uh, you getting the data for free for now? Um, you get the functionality included with your web app subscription. So even if you're just on the $39 per month plan, then that's included in that. You don't have to pay any additional money for it. Okay, and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, somebody wants to get into Amazon FBA. Uh, what are the categories you would suggest? You know, somebody to uh, get into, and and you know, they want to run a sweet side side hustle for say, you know, ten thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So, you know, the only categories that I don't like very much are um, very like complex products, electronics products. Or anything that people really like having like a brand name or like have a brand allegiance to. So a lot of that is are things like watches or um, some clothing or shoes. You know, people, it's more often people prefer to have kind of like the brand names or the big brands um, for those products. But anything else that's just like simple and almost more of just like a commodity style product, I think those are all good categories. 
Okay, and and what's the next big thing for uh, uh, for General Scout? Uh, are you going to still keep on building uh, more products, and uh, are, are you looking for next round of funding? Yeah, we're we're not going to be um, launching additional um, products, like building like new brands or new SaaS applications. We're really just focusing on making all the stuff that we currently have much better. So yeah, that's what we're kind of like focused on. We have a lot of exciting things, especially inside of Jungle Scout. They're going to be rolled out the first half of this year. So um, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time for the company. Awesome. So let's quickly do the top three. Uh, what's your favorite business book? Top one that comes to mind is called Scaling Up. I just read it a few weeks ago and it's a great book. Okay. And, uh, you know, what is the one thing you would have focused on uh, if you could go back in time when you started working on a business? I wish I invested more heavily in Jungle Scout earlier. When I first started Jungle Scout, I was confused whether or not I should just continue to work on my Amazon FBA business or whether I should work on the software business more. And I kind of like teeter-tottered back between those for quite a long time. And I wish I would have like just gone all in on the software earlier because what I realized it's it's just something I'm more passionate about. It's like, it's more fun for me to run this company. Okay. And what made you really decide? Uh, did, did the sales go above your FBA numbers? Um, it actually wasn't monetarily driven. So okay. I, you know, if I would have continued to focus on my Amazon business as much as I did on software all the way today, I think I actually would have made more money from it. But for me, I'm kind of like beyond the point of um, being really worried about kind of like how much money I, I make because I, I also live a fairly simple life. So for me, it's just like, what am I most excited to just jump out of bed about in the morning? And for me, the software company had, has more challenges. It's just like more... I'm um, just kind of, I have to learn more new stuff and that kind of thing brings me a lot of joy. Interesting. And uh, what, what's your favorite online tool apart from uh, Jungle Scout? I think this one probably gets mentioned a lot, but I couldn't live without Slack. That's our, how our whole company communicates. Um, so probably Slack or Zoom. Slack or Zoom, okay. And uh, what's the best way people can reach out to you and uh, know more about Jungle Scout? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about Jungle Scout, just check out junglescout.com. If you want to learn how to start selling on Amazon FBA, I would encourage you to go to our free resources and check out the million dollar case study. It's a really good piece of content. Um, I, I, I'm also pretty active still on writing on the blog there. And if you want to follow me personally, you can check out my Instagram. It's G underscore Mercer. Um, I post on there quite a bit. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Greg. It was awesome speaking to you. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Life Self Mastery Podcast, where we teach you how to start and grow your online business. For more information, visit Rohit's blog at www.lifeselfmastery.com.